Welcome to the Bearcat Chat, a podcast for everything Scottswood School. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bearcat Chat, the podcast about everything Scottswood Schools. We are here with another episode in season two. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. I have um, Marianne Carlson, our Executive Director of Finance for the District here with me today. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Melissa. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? I'm good. So probably not the person that people would expect to have as a guest on here, but it's budget season. It's budget season, not just for us but for a lot of local entities in the area. And this week, our Board of Education approved our budget. So I thought it would be a good time to have you on the show and talk about this year's budget because um, this is kind of a unique year for us, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. So um, to start off, let's talk about some general information about how budgeting for our district works and the overall picture of school finance. so starting there, how big is the district budget and where do our funds come from? So for the 23-24 school year, our general fund budget is going to be approximately $62 million. And House Gospel Public Schools funds that is through mainly property taxes and state aid. That accounts for approximately 67% of our resources. Now with state aid, that is going to be a little higher in 23-24 due to the increased special education from LB583. And so the amount of property taxes is going to reduce slightly within the general fund for the school year. That is a lot of money. That is a big budget. So you talked a little bit about state aid. Can we talk, um, kind of explain how state aid works or how how it's determined that Scottsdale schools get state aid for people that maybe aren't familiar with that? Sure. So state aid did change a little bit for this current school year, but for Scottsdale Public Schools, it is still the same. So state aid works based off of the needs of each district. So for Scottsdale Public Schools, it is based off of the number of students we have in our district from the prior year. So for 23-24, they really took a look at our student enrollment for 22-23, and that kind of gave the state a baseline for what Scottsdale Public Schools needed in order to fund our operations. And then from there, they took into consideration what resources we had available to us. For example, the property taxes that we were able to generate. Not only is it based off of our enrollment, it's also really based off of the demographics of our students. For example, we are a high poverty district. And so that's taken into consideration within the state aid formula. Okay, so it it is really, um, it was really complex, I think. I've I've been at the district, this is my 13th school year, and I feel like every time you kind of go through a budget season, I learn new things all the time, or I kind of, you know, get more comfortable with the idea of, of finance and how those are calculated. So our other main funding source then, besides state aid, is local property tax, correct? Correct, yes. And that is controlled locally. That is determined by us based off of what other resources we have available to us. For example, for 23-24, we knew how much state aid we were going to get. We knew the increased reimbursement for special education, and that really helped us this year determine what we needed for property taxes for 23-24. And that is what the Board of Education approved at their September meeting. 
Okay, so this year, like I said before, I, this year was kind of unique in terms of that that tax request and, and that levy that the Board of Education approved on Monday. So tell us a little bit about what makes it unique this year. Yeah, so what is unique this year is that our levy for the first time in many years, I'm not quite sure how many years, but is dropping. We normally levy at $1.05 between our general and our building fund. And for 23-24, it's actually going to drop down $0.12. Cents. So it will be at $0.93 cents for 23-24, which is just a really historic move for Scottsdale Public Schools. Yeah, it's certainly not something that I have um, seen since I've been a resident of Scotts Bluff or since I've worked for the district. So, um, but when you say the levy is reducing, can you explain what that means for, like, me as a taxpayer in Scottsbluff? Sure. So each homeowner within Scotts Bluff has an assessed home value that is determined by the county assessor. And then per every $100,000 of that assessed value, your levy will actually, the amount that comes to Scottsbluff Public Schools will be dropping $121 compared to the prior year. Wow, $121 per $100,000 is a pretty big impact. I know um, a lot of people in the community, I happen to be one of them myself, my valuation went up this year. A lot of people's valuation went up. Um, so this reduction in levy, it kind of offsets what my amount to the school district would have been, you know, due to the fact that my le- that my valuation went up, correct? Correct, yep. So for Scottsdale Public Schools, our total valuation went up about 9.5%. Now, that varied from homeowner to homeowner. Unfortunately, I can't say each person went up exactly that 9.5%. But yes, everyone should see a reduction in the amount that goes to Scottsdale Public Schools. That is not the only levy, though, that a homeowner will see. And so that does not change what other entities will do, for example, the city or the county. Yeah, I do think, though, that that's, um, it's a really fiscally responsible thing for our Board of Education to be able to take those savings and essentially pass them on to um, local taxpayers. Um, we've, we talked a lot about the levy and the tax portion and kind of how we get the funds and where they come from. Let's change gears a little bit and let's talk about how we allocate the funds and kind of where the money goes. So how do, where does the money in the budget go? The money in the budget really goes towards the classrooms. It goes to the salary and benefits of our staff in order to educate our students. We do have a small portion that also goes towards our facilities within the district, safety and security, technology, items such as that. But mainly in our classrooms is where the funds stay. Okay, so how do we determine how to allocate those funds? How do we decide as a school district kind of what goes where? So we have a lot of oversight within the budget. It is guided by our strategic plan, which was recently passed this last spring. We will be on year one of a five-year plan, and that helps determine this year's budget. We also do a building-based budget. So we take a look at the enrollment at each of our schools and determine how much money each building needs based on their enrollments. And the Board of Education is also involved within the budget through their finance committee. Well, that building-based budgeting, then, that really kind of gives um, individual principals, leadership in the schools, those school communities, kind of the freedom to be able to um, allocate some funds as they determine it's best for their students, right? Yep, yep. Again, it's based off of the number of kids, and so it is adjusted from year to year as the enrollment changes 
from each building, and we also base it off of the staff as needed within each building, too. Okay, well, when you think about our school district, I think one of the first things that comes to mind is all the opportunities that we have for our students. We have renovated or we've modernized almost every single building in our district. We have one-to-one -one technology, really high-quality curriculum, um, career and technical education that rivals many colleges, and we even have new playgrounds in our elementaries. All those things have to be paid for in some way or another. So how are we able to do all of those great things for our students and still maintain and even in this case, I think a little bit we're reducing the amount that we're asking from our local taxpayers. How is this possible? Scottsville Public Schools has a history of being fiscally conservative. And so past leadership through Board of Education, past people in my positions um, and other leadership roles have really set up Scottsville Public Schools for success in ensuring that we're conservative and that we have funds so that we can do this. We also are very competitive when it comes to applying for grants. We received approximately $11 million in ESSER funds, and we ensured we integrated those funds within what we are doing here in Scottsville Public Schools. Dr. Wendy Kemling has also been very competitive and has gone out for several grants that have benefited the district, such as the School Climate Transformation Grant and the School-Based Mental Health Grant that will actually be starting this year. So all those things have just really set up our district for success. Yeah, that um, school-based mental health grant was the largest grant I think that we've ever had in the history of the school district, clocking in at $6.3 million. So I'll just let that sink in a little bit. That's, um, that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money that's not only um, coming in and benefiting the school district, but that's money that's being spent in our community. It is. And it's just really exciting to see what we are able to do over the next five years with those funds. Yeah, let's talk a little bit. We haven't talked about bonds yet. Let's talk a little bit about our bond fund. We currently have outstanding bonds for the high school and the middle school facility projects. How did this year's valuation affect the bond fund? So with our levy for the bond fund, we really have maintained an aggressive approach that we will maintain the levy at 21 cents. But doing so has allowed us to refinance our bonds over the year. And what that has done is allowed us to pay off bonds early and also save the taxpayers' interest. By maintaining that levy at that 21 cents, we're anticipating at this time that we will be able to pay off two of our four bonds that we still have, the two that are for the middle school, next fiscal year, which is four years earlier than what they were initially supposed to be paid off. You know, that's really great. Uh, to me, the middle school, um, it's holding up beautifully, so it almost seems like it's still um, a new school. And here we are, we're gonna have that thing pretty much paid in full here. Um, next school year. That's fantastic. Um, you know, all of this must be just so much to keep track of um, when you're talking about a budget that is this big, you have multiple funds and the complexities of things like state aid. So how do you manage all of that? So it's not just me in the business department. I have four other great individuals who are part of the business team, um, two that work in payroll and process payroll for over 550 employees each and every month, a human resource coordinator, and an accounts payable. And they really help ensure that our district runs smoothly every single day. And with the budget, I also really rely on the board's oversight and just their thoughts to go into the budget each and every year to ensure we are staying on track. Well, I'm really glad that you mentioned your business team. I think they're, you know, kind of those those quiet heroes that we have, you know, there's so many people that work behind the scenes to 
do a lot of things in our district that people, you know, don't always think about because when you think about schools, you kind of just think about what happens in the classroom and they probably don't get the credit that they deserve for all the hard work. Um, people probably don't realize that our payroll, the way that we um, pay teachers is based on um, here's a service, but also on education. So it makes it really complex. It does. It does. It takes a lot of time. And again, just very grateful for those four individuals and just all the support they provide for Scottsdale Public Schools. So if someone wants to know more um, about our budget, how can they how can they learn more? Sure. So our budget is available on our district website, or if they have more in-depth questions, I am always available as well. You can reach me at the district office, or you can email me at mcarlson at sbps.net. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marianne, for all the information. Um, school finance can be uh, really complex, and our district is very fortunate to have someone like you on our team to manage our budget, as well as have Board of Education that really cares about being fiscally responsible while meeting the needs of all students. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Great. Thank you, Melissa. Now let's head on to this month's bonus content and my next guest. Today I have two very special individuals joining me who are both staff members of the district. I think Jeannie Anderson from Bear Cup Preschool and Jen Schwartz from Westmore Elementary. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. Now, the two of you are here to talk about something that is important to you, childhood cancer awareness. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and we're recognizing that as a district with some activities next week. Jeannie, you approached me uh, last month about wanting to do something to recognize this in the district. Tell me about that and tell me why that's important to you. Well, our son was diagnosed with leukemia in 2019 when he was six years old. Um, he has been off treatment for two years, um, but after he was diagnosed and we went through the whole process, we realized how it affects families and how it's greatly affecting so many families in our area. So I just wanted to raise that awareness for all the people in our area and to help support those families that are being affected. And Jen, how about you? Would you like to share why this cause is important to you? Uh, it obviously touches my family personally. My daughter, who's a senior this year, was diagnosed when she was three, so she's considered cured. And so I think for us, it's a great way for us to provide awareness over here in the western part of the state. You know, all, most of our stakeholders are out there in eastern Nebraska. And so for us to be able to have a voice out here in western Nebraska and to address the increase of patients that we're seeing, I think it's super powerful of what we're doing. Yeah, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are willing to share your stories and, you know, willing to take a lot of this on. Um, we're going to have some different activities going on with the district next week. Let's start with Wear Gold Wednesday. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, next Wednesday, September 27th, we're asking um, all students and staff in the Scottsdale School District and even in the community to wear gold or yellow just to support um, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and, and to also help raise awareness as, you know, if people are asking why you're wearing that or what you're wearing it for, it's a good chance, a good opportunity to share that information with them. Yeah, I think that's a really simple way that anyone can participate, any students or staff members, anyone in our community, other workplaces in town can easily um, show their support for the children in our community that are currently going through this. And on Friday, we have our Tackling Childhood Cancer event in conjunction with our home football team. 
Dan, do you want to share some information about this event? Sure. This started four years ago with a organization out of Aurora. There was a family who had lost their son um, to childhood cancer. He was the football coach and so uh, an assistant. He contacted Dave Hawksworth about a family maybe that he knew that would be also personally affected and if we could partner together, be willing to partner together. And so that, that happened, that teamwork happened four years ago. We've continued it. Coach Hall is so gracious in allowing us to use his team as an opportunity to provide awareness in a great, in a great avenue. And so um, we, we invite all of our families to be recognized at halftime. Um, we will give out, uh, we have footballs, plastic footballs. We have 100 plastic footballs that we will give out. Um, there are T-shirts up for sale. Uh, Coach Hall, he has one designed specifically um, with the football team and Team Ashton, and he provides um, them to the whoever wants to purchase those, and that money all comes back to us. The football players also wear vinyl gray, um, gold ribbons on their helmet to, again, just provide awareness to the community. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for everyone to come together in support of this cause. Um, not only that, but it, it's a, been a really good way to um, engage our high schoolers and look at it not just locally, but in partnership with whatever team we're playing, which in this case is Waverly. So can you tell um, our listeners, in case they're not familiar, a little bit about what Team National Foundation does? Sure. Uh, so we started probably, I can't even tell you, it was just kind of a vision that just the community really wrapped around. And so we were able to bring it to fruition, which it started out as, you know, just meeting the family. Now it's become where when we get an application and it's approved, we start by meeting the family with a $1,000 basket. It's called a meet and greet basket. Um, it's designated for whatever those that family needs um, during the time. So it's a lot of games and activities for the child to do in the hospital. And then Sometime in treatment at the latter part or even after treatment when the child's able, we allocate $4,000 to do some type of magical moment for them to just to kind of give them some reprieve from what um, the trauma that they have gone through. Um, childhood cancer treatment is long, and so it gives them an opportunity to do something outside of their normal hospital stays and shots and all the things that come with their journey with childhood cancer. Right, because they, they may be experiencing this right now, but they're still a kid. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. And it sounds like, in addition, um, you kind of take that support and you provide it for the entire family. Right, yes. We think, let's go ahead. Team Ashton has been, that's one of the best things about it is the support and the resources we've gotten through the parents of Team Ashton. They were some of the very first people to reach out to us when Walker was diagnosed. And we, you just kind of stay close. It's kind of a little, unfortunately, a little family that you become a part of. But um, they've just been a great support and resource for us. And, I mean, Walker's trip was awesome. He got to go to Legoland that they helped us go on. So it was a, just a great way to kind of finish up all of that yuck. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm sure having that kind of support system um, from people right within our own community that have experienced it has got to be um, invaluable. Uh, along with these events, we're going to be sharing a lot of facts and information about childhood cancer 
on our social media channels, in our schools. I would encourage everyone listening to watch for those on whatever one of our social channels that you follow us on. Um, For me personally, it was information I didn't have any idea about. Um, Apparently, Nebraska is one of the leading states in incidences of childhood cancer per capita. Tell me about that. It it is. and, And not a lot of people know that. And we're seeing a big increase in just this area. I think they considered a red flag area. And so for people to be able to learn and understand that this isn't just a, you know, out-of-state problem. This is happening right here in Nebraska. It's happening here, right here in Western Nebraska. And so to be able to provide this information is is invaluable. Uh, in addition, Nebraska also allocates a lot of money to childhood research here in Nebraska. So they are very well aware and they've done a really nice job of getting some funds to that area in childhood cancer that needs the research. Kudos to them. That's really great information, I think, for our community to know. Is there anything else that either of you, you know, want to talk about? Is there anything else you'd like our school community um, to know as we kind of head into this? I think it's just great for them to be aware, um, just to be aware of how many kids in our own community are fighting cancer right now, because I think it's a lot more than anybody really knows. And just to be able to provide support for those families in any way that you can and um, just paying attention and and doing what you can to to help. And I would like you to buy a t-shirt, whether that's the Team Ashton tackle football or if that's Coach Hall's uh, shirt design, and and wear it loud and proud and, and share those t-shirt, what it means. And and that's really what it is, giving us a voice and giving our children a voice here in Western Nebraska. Yeah, and I, I think that's great because we're not just talking about special students. We're talking about, you know, students in surrounding communities. You know, in your case, we're talking about your child of a staff member. I, I think it really is something that we can all come together in support of. Um, I'd like to thank both of you for taking the time to be on the show today. It's really admirable the work that you're putting in to raise awareness about childhood cancer and to support the other families in our area who may be going through an experience similar to yours. Um, Those of you who are out there, mark your calendars for Wearable Wednesday. That's Wednesday, September 27th. And be sure to come to our home football game against Waverly on Friday the 29th to take part in all those different activities Show your support for the Team Ashton Foundation, and let's help them raise some funds. With that, I'll be signing off until our next episode. Take care, everyone, in Bearcat Nation.